If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, check out patreon.com slash drink and farm. We have multiple levels of support you can sign up for starting at just $2 a month. And at that level, you'll get access to our outtakes and some other fun extras on the Patreon app. We have other levels too that allow you to get a little something else out of the deal. We just launched a new series called Straight No Chaser for our listeners at the $5 level. So this content is only available on Patreon to patrons at the $5 level or above. We also have levels that include gifts, stickers, discount codes, and t-shirts. So go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm for more details. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What are you opening over there? (laughs) Well, I didn't check to make sure that there wasn't anything stopping me from being able to open this before I hit record, (laughs) so I just had to rip the whole box apart. But I'm making myself a hot chocolate bomb for my drink today. They're like all the rage. Ooh. (gasps) Are those marshmallows in there? Or sprinkles, maybe? There's marshmallows in there. Now I'm really excited. (laughs) That's cute, too. I almost bought myself one of these when I was shopping for Christmas candy stuff, but I didn't. And then there was one in my stocking at my mother-in-law's house. And my mother-in-law loves me. And so I was like, well, we're doing dry January. I should enjoy my hot chocolate bomb while we... Record the episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm dropping it into my foul language mug. Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Which is the mug that Sam got me for Christmas. Yeah. You can see my hot chocolate bomb is still just kind of floating in there. We have to let it melt, I guess. So. Yeah. Well, we'll let it do its thing. I didn't think those were that big. Like, I've seen them online, but that took up like almost your whole mug. Uh, yeah, it did. In fact, I was really hesitant on how much milk to put in here because I didn't want it overflowing all over right. everything. So I just filled the glass about halfway, warmed it up, and yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you drinking over there? So I am drinking a, I believe it's called a No Way Rosé. Ooh. Yes. And it's in my Don't Make Me Go Beth Dutton on You wine glass that my mom got me (laughs) for Christmas. So any Yellowstone fans out there. (laughs) But it is a half cup white grape juice, two tablespoons of pomegranate juice, half cup of coconut water, one cup of seltzer, one tablespoon of lemon juice, and then they also called for like a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar. Ooh. But I only have it in like a really big jug at a top shelf, so I didn't put that in there. <laughs> yeah, that was more effort than I was willing to make. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. But it looks like rose, and it's crazy because I'm putting all these things together. I'm like, this is weird, but okay. It actually tastes like rose too without like the alcohol bite so oh that's kind of nice yeah that Mm -hmm. sounds like a nice alternative to yes yeah to the real 
Yeah. That'll make you feel a little silly. Nice. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to uh, tell everybody in the show notes that there's a a nice cocktail recipe or mocktail recipe in this episode. Yes. (laughs) Our drink peep this episode is our friend Jenny Beck, and she is at Beck's Boots to Roots over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. We have baby chick fever, so we are absolutely pumped to be partnering with Sweeter Heater. Sweeter Heater products provide a soft, safe, gentle infrared radiant heat to your new poultry friends. Sweeter Heater has no hot spots and develops a uniform heat pattern. It's designed to warm the animal, not the environment, and is fully adjustable to maintain the ideal comfort level for your chicks, ducks, or geese. But wait, there's more. Sweeter Heater isn't just for poultry. It can be used for whelping areas, kennel runs, farrowing units, dog and cat houses or crates, and bird and reptile cages. Sweeter Heaters are backed by a three-year warranty and recommended by poultry experts and hatcheries around the country. You'll feel great about ditching those heat lamps and upgrading your furry or feathered friends with Sweeter Heater. So go to SweeterHeater.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's SweeterHeater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase. Well, in today's episode, we're going to do one of my favorite things, which is reflect and talk about gardening. Yes. (laughs) And we're going to talk about the lessons that we learned in our 2021 gardens, because we both gardened pretty proficiently this past year, and I think we're both going to do it again this year. Yeah. So now I get to talk about what we learned so we can improve next year's. (laughs) Right. And hopefully in sharing our lessons learned, we help you be prepared or not this make the same mistakes that we did. And yeah, so we're hoping sharing our knowledge with you makes your summer or spring, summer or fall garden a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Sam, what was one of your first lessons that you can think of from 2021? So I think in general, just being prepared to deal with common pests in my area, which I didn't really know what they were because this was my first year. So I didn't really know what to be prepared with. All I had on hand was a can of like seven dust (laughs) and that can, that helps, but it doesn't cover everything. And I don't like to use it a lot if I don't have to, but specifically for this year, I'm going to make sure I have BT concentrate on hand because last year, the dang squash borers were out in full force for like three months straight. Eventually I did stop spraying for them and everything was fine. But I think it was because the plants were mature enough and there was just so much of a jungle that they didn't even want to bother trying to get to the like base of the <laughs> right? pumpkin plant. Like they had to do a lot of guessing <laughs> to get there. So my plan is to have that ready. I do probably still have a lot of it left outside, but I don't know where it is and it's probably covered in snow at this point. So I'll probably just buy a new bottle because it wasn't that expensive and I believe I got it on Amazon. Yeah. So yeah, having being prepared for those kinds of pests and being able to be proactive this year with that, I think will feel really nice. 
Yeah, it will. And my first lesson learned was actually seconding that advice. (laughs) This isn't, or last year wasn't my first garden, but I always struggled with the squash vine borers and the squash bugs and BT takes care of both of those. And this was the first year that I sprayed BT and it did make a difference, but I didn't do it early enough and I didn't do it often enough. So like towards the fall, once I was harvesting pumpkins, there was a point where I was picking up vines and there were just hundreds of those gray little bugs just like running and I was like trying to stomp them with my boots (laughs) oh man yeah so next year young plants they're gonna get treated before I plant them in the garden so that the minute the first bite comes we're already starting to take care of those pests. And I bought the really large bottle of concentrate off of Amazon. It goes into like a spray thing that attaches to the hose. So you can just... Oh, nice. So we'll link in the show notes to those two things. I bought a little like hand bottle first and I went through it in a week and I was like, that was useless. (laughs) That's what I did too. We have one of those just like sprayer things that you can put anything in. Oh yeah. It's got the little handle thing. So I just carry that around and spray with the BT concentrate. I believe they suggest like every three or four days to do it. So you do have to work it into your routine, but it really doesn't take that long. And it's a good chance for you to just keep an eye on your plants for other issues too, because you're kind of getting all up in their business trying (laughs) to get that at the base of the plant. Yeah. Cause you're getting the bottom of the leaves, the top all around. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, Getting all handsy while you're spraying everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, getting all up in our plants business. So what was your next lesson learned? So my next one is based on feedback from my husband. He thinks anything that isn't just like plain lettuce tastes like a dandelion. So he's not a fan of arugula at all. My dad's not either. (laughs) Yeah, so he doesn't like bitter greens and like Bitter greens, I'll eat them, but they're not my favorite either. So I'm just not going to plant them so that, you know, you might see like a salad bowl mix of seeds. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get or what you're planting because the seeds are so dang tiny. Mm -hmm. So I won't be using that and I'll just be really intentional about the kinds of lettuces that I'm planting because we were really successful in growing those this past year. And I was making salads like almost every day. And that's one of the things I miss the most right now, this time of year, is like store-bought salad is just disappointing. It is disappointing. (laughs) And it always feels like there's a recall on it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that's exactly why I grew some lettuces in the basement. But my operation isn't big enough to have salads every day. But I am getting a couple. That's nice. Not as much as I would prefer, but that's okay. My three favorite kinds of lettuce, just in case anybody's curious, is I love little gem lettuce. They're like little tiny. The leaves are great because you can use them for like cups, like lettuce cups. Or you can just chop them and make a really nice crunchy salad. Paris Island Coast is another one that I really like, which is just mm. romaine. It's a fancy way to say romaine. And then the third one <laughs> I love is butter crunch. So yeah. those are my favorites. All of those are green, and I like some color in my salad. So I do like a purple, like tango type of lettuce too yeah. every now and then. But I find that even the purple ones are a little bitter. Yeah, I could get away with the purple ones. I had a red leaf lettuce, which is. I guess technically more red, but it does look like a deep purple. Mm-hmm. And he didn't balk at that if it was um, like mixed in with other stuff. Okay. So, 
And I just really liked planning those, too, because they just keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love that, that I don't have to replant it. Yeah, and they grow so fast. I mean, 50 or 60 days to a whole head of lettuce, like, it's amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then if we don't get to it in time, and it, or if it's kind of yucky looking, I can just turn around and give it to the rabbits, and they are thrilled. Mm-hmm. That so you're, like, their BFF. Yes. <laughs> All right, so what was another lesson learned for you this year? So uh, one of my biggest lessons learned was to trellis the damn tomatoes. Like, do not, (laughs) do not let the tomatoes just wander and do their thing. Tomato plants just cannot handle it. I was thinking to myself, like, oh, that won't be that big of a deal. I'll just dig through them and pick tomatoes. But when tomatoes are laying all over the ground, all of the animals and pests get to get to them really easily. Also, they get smashed by things like the weight of other plants and other things. And I actually I have a confession. It's January now and I have not cleaned up the fall garden yet. Oh, I haven't either. Just because of that <laughs> tomato area. I'm honestly oh, no. not sure what I'm going to do. Like it's all dry now, which is good, but I'm thinking I'm going to have to just go out there with a rake and hopefully like rake it all up. And yeah, I don't know. And I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with it either because it got really like the, what is it? Powdery mildew got on it. And so I don't really want to compost it in my regular compost because I don't want it to spread in my garden. So what I might do is put it in a burn pile and burn it. And then maybe I can throw the ashes in the compost and maybe that'll be good enough if it gets hot enough. So I just threw mine in the weeds. Mm, That's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have a compost pile per se, but we have piles of where we've cleaned out the chicken coop and stuff before. You, you have piles of things that are composting. Yeah, but they're not <laughs> intentional. I don't really use them. So, yeah, I just threw mine into the weeds because we have a lot of weedy areas. Mm-hmm. Nature reserves, as I call them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. One of the things that I found enlightening this year with growing tomatoes is I was watching Jess Seward. She does Roots and Refuge oh, on YouTube. Yeah. And she talks about how you are asking tomatoes to do something really unnatural by making them come up off the ground. Because like you said, they'll just crawl and go crazy. So you shouldn't be discouraged like if trellising is hard or it's not going well because you're literally asking the plant to do something against its nature. Because it just wants to lay down and, you know, feed the little animals, Mm -hmm. not us. So... (laughs) Yeah, I think it's easy in your head to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to trellis my tomatoes, but it's actually a chore and like you got to be kind of careful. And yeah, it's a big job. I only did it with a few plants this year because I had the tomato cages, but I found the tomato cages to be kind of a pain in the butt, too. Mm -hmm. So I'll be doing trellising this year, too. Yeah. The method I'm going to use this year is my friend Fruitdale Farm did this last year, and I got to go to her garden all the time, so I got to see it in action. Is She buys those plastic stakes. They're five or six feet long. She gets them from Menards, but they look like plastic rebar, essentially, and stab it into the hole in the weed cloth where you are going to put your tomato plant in, and then your tomato plant comes up it, and then you do the Florida weave around each stake and the tomato plant. So that helps give the Florida weave some good structure. 
And then once your plants get to the top, you can either put them over the other side and just start having them go down, or you can top them, which will let your fruit get bigger, essentially. But the method that I think she's using this year is actually hog panels. She said that people talk about how that works really well all the time. But the way that I designed my tomato patch, I don't think I can fit hog panels in there. But I might do a row of each because I think I can put a hog panel in one of the rows because I have two rows that are like, I don't know, 15 feet long, specifically for tomatoes. So I think I could put a hog panel on one and then Florida weaves the other and then see which one works better. Nice. I used T-Post this year on the few that I did. Oh, Trellis. T-posts are a great idea too. They're relatively inexpensive and they're super strong. Maybe yeah. I'll do that instead of the plastic rebar because yeah. I am trying to use less plastic. <laughs> and I feel like too, I don't know how the plastic rebar would do with sanitizing it. It would probably be fine, but T-posts are pretty easy to sanitize too. If you did have something on your plants like powdery mildew or whatever. You just um, bleach them at the end of every season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can, as long as you're not driving the T-post too deep in, you can pull it and use it for other things too if you decide that that's not working so well for you. So that's what I liked about that. My T-posts are all still scattered everywhere. <laughs> I didn't pull them. I didn't get anything. Mine too. I didn't get a lot done this year either. Like I, f- I feel like I'm using it as my excuse a lot, but COVID in October just totally ruined my plans for so many things. I, I believe it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> if we didn't have to do meat chickens around that same time, it probably would have been better about cleaning things up. But I did clean up a couple beds. But I anticipate in the spring I'll be cleaning up while trying to figure out what I want to start. You have a lot of work in front of you. Yeah. yeah. And and that's okay because I don't – it would not be fun to be out there today because it's, like, super windy out and mm-hmm. I'll just be cranky. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the garden is my happy place. I try really hard not to be cranky there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that feels fair. Yeah. So what was your next lesson learned that you want to share with the listeners? <laughs> So mine was not to go crazy on the seed starts. I I was really <laughs> ambitious last year. It started out really well, and then I just neglected them, mm-hmm. and they died because they didn't get enough water or they were getting too stringy. So I think the only things I'm going to start this year are some tomatoes and some peppers because the starts that I did for those did pretty good and if I would have paid attention to them more it would have been just fine yeah so I think if I scope it down to just those two things this year kind of get used to that because those are the two things that I enjoyed the most out of the garden last year I think that'll just make me happy and keep the plants happy (laughs) so yeah yeah I'm gonna start there I think I'll direct so some of that too but That way I can kind of extend the season through the first frost and not have anything slow down too much. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I like that plan. I always tend to overwhelm myself with seedlings also, so I might borrow that this year. Jared got me a hand hoe. I should have brought it with me for Mm. Christmas. And that's going to make direct sewing easier for me because it's got like tick marks on it for the depth. So I can basically scrape trough like across the garden bed, the right depth that I need it. And then I can just do, 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 and then cover it up and mulch it. I might have to get me one of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. I'll uh, show it off in our next episode. So I'll remember to bring that. (laughs) Follow up. (laughs) 
All right. So what else is on your list? So this year I need to spray something on the paths to reduce the weeds. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. My paths. So my friend Sarah, she's at Falls Road Pottery. She's a potter, but she also has a garden and she lives just a few houses down from me. They did rocks for their path. So they put down weed cloth and then spread rocks and then they used like horse troughs or, you know, like livestock troughs for their raised garden beds. It looks so cool. Sometime this summer when it's in full bloom, I'll go over there and show it to everybody because it's just a super cool garden. But I'm really jealous of the rocks because her husband just sprays. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then nothing grows in the rocks. My paths are chips because I really like the natural look. And I love how they like break down. And then I was like using the chip paths to like fill in the garden bed from the previous year and then put the chips down. But I just do not have that kind of time or energy Mm -hmm. to weed. And we're surrounded by fields of weeds, essentially, or pollinator gardens. So there's just constantly stuff growing in it. And it got so out of control that they was like climbing into the beds. And so... I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to try to avoid roundup being it because I, I just, I just don't want to. It just doesn't line up Same. with what I want to do. But I'm thinking like some sort of vinegar and salt solution or maybe like dish soap type of stuff. Like it'll make it uninhabitable for plants to germinate, but not like, you know, cause any issues elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think my husband uses Roundup on other stuff around, Mm -hmm. so it's like, the thought has crossed my mind. He suggested it, but I was like, no, I'll stay on top of it. And, like, it by the end of the season, no. So I'm going to have to do something, too. Yeah, weeds everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, they just, or, you know what, maybe, you know, I'll segue into my next thing, get better weed barrier. Yeah. Because that's something I was thinking for the weeds, too. Yeah, and, and we have replaced some weed barriers, so that might help, too, in some areas. Yeah, the cheaper stuff works for a while, but if it gets even, like, the tiniest little tear in it, like, a, a bush of weeds just expands and rips it further, and yeah, so I might invest in some better stuff. I'm not sure where you get your weed cloth from, but I have never found good weed cloth at a hardware store or anything like that it's all like it feels how do I describe it it feels fabricy right Mm -hmm. yeah so the stuff that I use I got it from a greenhouse and it's plastic it's woven plastic and it's like this thick yeah so you roll it out and it's like blackout under it also Mm -hmm. which helps prevent some of the weeds so I'm slowly but surely replacing all of our weed cloth with that because it just makes the biggest difference. But I've been to like four hardware stores and I haven't been able to find that at a hardware store. I got mine at a greenhouse that also sold stuff wholesale. <laughs> like oh. greenhouse supplies wholesale. So that's how I found mine. And unfortunately that guy has closed down. So now I got to find another one, but I just got to put a call out and someone will find some for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a, fr- well, I shouldn't say friend cause I've never met her in person, but I follow her on Instagram her name's Fall Creek Farm. Oh, yeah. She, I think she has that stuff, too. So I might ask her where she gets it. But I have found it online, too. Yeah. It is pricier, but I would like to, like, actually feel it. Mm-hmm. And look at it myself before. But reviews help with that, too. But, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I don't have time <laughs> to be weeding paths. It's different to weed my beds and stuff like that 
that doesn't bother me. Yeah. But the paths, it's like you are the last thing I want to worry about. <laughs> yeah, I would rather be harvesting or trellising or working mm-hmm. on all of the other garden tasks that I have rather than weeding the spot yeah. where food doesn't grow. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what else for you this year? So my next one is that I'm going to concentrate on planting more plants that just require like one day of sowing and one day of harvest. So yeah, what I mean by that is like things like garlic, onions, potatoes, gosh, there's so many squash plants I also kind of consider in that realm because you tend to... You tend to harvest those, most of those at the same time. Same with like dried beans, because you can leave those on the plant until you're ready to take those off. So that's, so I think that's where I'm going to shift some of my focus. Although I was already working on my garden plan and I already ordered more seeds and most of them were like kales and lettuces. (laughs) (laughs) But those are easy. They are. are They're easy easy to grow and they're easy to harvest. So yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to get away from planting so many, I don't want to necessarily call them exotic things because that's not really the word I'm looking for, but they're just, they're things that I don't cook with often and we don't eat that often. And so they're just taking up garden space, but they also take a lot of maintenance, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 That makes total sense. So that's what I'm going to really try to work on. I planned on having two beds of garlic this year. I only got one in, but then again, we're just now getting into freezing temperatures, so I might be able to get out there and get a second bed in. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, and garlic's a good one, too. Yeah, I didn't I mean, do any of that yet. I was super tempted, but I think that's going to be a next year, mm-hmm. or in, in the fall, I will think about it. But yeah, because dedicating a whole space to it is possible, but I can't think past, like, May-June right now in the initial go because once that happens and I'll decide what and we've built on based on what I wanted to do and the goals that we talked about last week, then I'll be able to free up the brain space to say, okay, what else do I want to do? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a good plan. So what was your next lesson learned? So this one I think is my last one. One of the things that I didn't really think about when I was planting things and getting really excited to try canning was that sometimes the thing in the canning recipe, say like your cucumbers, they're ready to go, but maybe your dill isn't. Yeah. Or maybe something else in your garden isn't. Or this this like spicy pickle recipe sounds awesome, but my peppers are not ready. Yep. So thinking about canning recipes and timing when it's going to be ready in the garden or figuring out where I want to get the other things. Yeah. You know, maybe have to store by some stuff, which feels kind of yucky when I put all this work into the garden. But, you know, it is what it is. Maybe yeah. I don't want to grow a bunch of jalapenos. Yeah. I mean, how many are you really going to eat? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have so many habaneros from this year just from like two plants. Oh and they gosh. are frozen in my in my fridge. And it's like, I do use them. But, uh, you know, got to think through some plans of like, okay, I'm going to have a lot of this. What am I going to do with it? I think it's just going to be a lot of freezing. My first round of pickles were not successful. I don't really know what I did wrong. So so they just turned out really like mushy and it didn't taste right. So I'm like, maybe I didn't do this right. So I ended up throwing it all out. Oh, bummer. Which luckily I didn't make too much. So it's not so bad. I think some of it too was like, I need to can as soon as I pull it out of the garden and some of it sat for a couple days. So I wonder if that's why. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't use pickle crisp, and I think I should have. Because it says optional, but I don't think it's optional. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to remember what we usually do for our pickles, because ours usually have a good crunch, but I can't remember. My friend Sarah is the... She's she's the one that organizes all the canning because you know how I feel about canning. I only do it yeah. with friends. <laughs> yeah. The only canning that I was successful at was putting it into a, a can and then putting it into the freezer. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, and I, I actually I do a lot of that, like freezer jam and stuff like that. I, I enjoy that kind of canning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I'll do more of that, too. Not that I'm against canning, but I feel like... It's not my favorite thing to do. Yeah. So. I, I'm not against it either. That's how I feel too. I, I want to enjoy the things that I do. And when I find yeah. something that I don't enjoy, I find an alternative to it. And I do find in general that the people that enjoy canning, it's a family or a friend affair. So they've got, you know, like kids that are helping with it and it's like a tradition or they've got friends or a mother-in-law or mother, you know, that comes over and helps with it. And I think that if I had that community that really loves canning, I'd be totally into it. But since it's just my friend Sarah and she and I get together and do it (laughs) whenever we have time. (laughs) Right. But I don't I don't want to do it by myself in my kitchen in the middle of the summer. I'd rather be yeah. enjoying the back porch personally. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to want to can and do a hot activity inside when it's hot outside. Mm-hmm. So I totally get it. Yeah, I agree. And I love that you brought up that timing of things for canning. Because when I first started gardening, that was one of the first things that I figured out was I wanted to... My goal is to can homemade tomato sauce. Well, not like spaghetti sauce. None of the ingredients were ready together <laughs> at the same time ever. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, because you need tomatoes, you need garlic, you need oregano, you need onions, you know, and yeah. you can time it so you have all of those things fresh at the same time, but it requires effort. It doesn't yeah. come together by accident. Not, I mean, not usually. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, and I don't know that I'll necessarily be successful this year in it, but at least I know now to set the expectations with myself of what I'm going to actually accomplish with canning. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm team freezer. The only time I didn't like being team freezer was when we lost power for like four or five days here. Yeah. Because it's stressful to have to keep your freezers going all of the time. Mm-hmm. With freezers, though, you can you go like two or three days with before you have to ditch everything, throw it out. But... You know, we plugged them in right away because I just didn't want to even risk it. Yeah. So, you know, if it's the end of the world and there's an apocalypse and there's no power and I can't get gas, I'm going to have to throw all my food out. Yeah. (laughs) But let's just hope that doesn't happen. Well, I mean, and one thing to keep in mind, too, is even if a worst case scenario like that did happen, you've built skills to grow stuff. So worst case is being really uncomfortable for like 60 days and then you'll end up with some lettuce and some other things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. (laughs) I can go out back and, you know, butcher one of my chickens if I really had to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my last lesson learned is that I need to schedule my time for preserving my food because I had a lot of stuff that like I meant to dehydrate or I meant to freeze and I just never really got around to it. So it's going to be part of the things that I do in my garden routine. I'm really excited for our next episode because I've been putting together the stuff for that and my, and the the thing that we're going to talk about in the next episode, there's space for that 
in it. Um, so we'll talk more about that next week. But it was one of the realizations I had was that the reason why I didn't get more food in the freezer and more food dehydrated was because I didn't carve out the time for it. And so yeah. I need to do that intentionally like with purpose remembering why I want to do it what I enjoy about it and all that stuff but it's not like you weren't really busy this summer either (laughs) your schedule was insane I feel like you were gone a lot on the weekends and then you decided to run for school board Mm -hmm. so like it makes sense that it didn't happen perfectly this year but it's really good that you're thinking intentionally already but yeah, you were really busy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really kind of thinking ahead to what I have to say no to in order okay. to do those kinds of things that I want to. Because like, I'm either saying no to the garden I want to have and the food preserving that I want to have, or I'm saying no to other things because like right. you, you can't have and do it all. Like, there's just no such thing as that. And maintain good health and good, you know, mental health balance and Sanity. relationships yeah. and all of that stuff too. Like. I'll just put that out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Anybody that says you can have it all is full of shit. Mm-hmm. And that's okay that you can't have it all. That is yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it is recognizing the things that you actually really do want. Yes. What's important. And differentiating between those things. Because I think that when you think really hard and reflect on it, that you realize there are some things you think that you want that you really don't. Yeah. That's been my experience. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And I think being able to pull out frozen zucchini and put it into a soup in the middle of winter is really rewarding. It's kind of exciting. It's kind of weird what I get excited about now, too. So it's things like that. And then my mom got me these really great wool Carhartt socks from TLC Ooh. for Christmas. And they're like life changing. So frozen zucchini and socks is what makes me happy now. So what do you got to do to get that frozen zucchini? There's a lot of stuff you have to do before you can get to that point. So it, yeah, it makes sense that, you know, you really have to think about that process end to end to get the reward Maybe even months later. Yeah, I totally agree. I love pulling stuff out that I grew. Like, it just, it brings so much pride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't have to think about buying it at the grocery store because frozen zucchini from the grocery store is disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that our palates get used to certain things, too. And we get a little picky. We're bougie. Yeah. Yeah. I bought tomatoes from the store, too, to make some tomato sandwiches because I was missing them. Not as good. Yeah, you were like, eh. These tomatoes feel like they were grown with sadness. (laughs) Sadness tomatoes. (sighs) So we've just reflected, you know, on our 2021 gardens. What do you think is the thing that you're the most proud of in your garden last year? So I noodled on this and it feels like there was so many things that I had a hard time kneeling it down. So I feel like I kind of cheated and said that just the fact that I stuck with it and did it and stayed on top of it. So I think there were some things like, like looking back now, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have dehydrated more herbs because I went through those pretty fast. And I wish I would have maybe taken some more time on X, Y, or Z. You know, you look back. So those are your lessons learned, right? Like next year too, I didn't write it down. But this year, definitely want to stay on top of dehydrating herbs more or freezing more. 
because I found that that really makes me happy when I have those. So I decided not to get too stuck on one particular thing and just be proud that I actually did it because this was the first real attempt and I nailed it. Yeah. And I'm excited for next year. I mean, you went all in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I did. And we did more than we even initially planned. So now we kind of know what the threshold is, what we liked, what we didn't like. So we can do even more next year. So, or or this year, I should stay. Yeah. There's going to be way more corn this year. But (laughs) that's going to be the big thing. And different varieties of pumpkins, too. And tomatoes. So it'll be even bigger this year. But I feel like now I have the confidence to handle that for sure. Which is awesome. Yes. (laughs) So what was your most proud thing from this year? So mine actually was a really specific thing. And it was growing corn. It sounds so Uh weird. Um, No, I don't think it sounds weird. (laughs) But like, it's big. It takes a long time start to finish. Like, yeah, there's a big process you got to go through to like harvest it and like, you know, save the stalks for decorations and then save the corn and all of that. And I think one of the other reasons why it became one of my most proud moments is because corn was how all of this started. Oh, yeah. We started like deciding that we wanted to grow our own food because we would go to the farmer's market and buy boxes of corn when Jared and I were just dating and lived in the middle of Phoenix. And I remember sitting there like shucking corn. Gosh, it was (laughs) at least 10 years ago. And I was like, someday I want to grow this and I want to do this with our own corn. And we did that this year. Which was really cool. (laughs) Oh, it's almost like you could say it was a corny moment. Oh, it was. It was such a corny (laughs) moment. Well, and, you know, we were in a big rush, too. Everyone always says that you can't grow corn around here because the raccoons will just get it. Well, we have barn cats. So I actually think the the barn cats keep the raccoons away. That's what my secret is that I think worked. But it was ripe and it was like midnight when I realized that it was ready and I couldn't go to sleep. So I just got up and like, (laughs) I was like put on my stuff and Jared's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to go harvest the corn. So he's like, all right, I'll be right there. He puts on his headlamp. We're out there at midnight. He's pulling the stalks up. I'm pulling the ears off. And we did, we harvested it all at midnight so that I could sleep because I didn't want to lose it. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been really devastating if something did happen to it. Yeah. After all of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. And so I was like, I'm just not going to risk it. I know it makes me look like a person that just can't handle their emotions, but. (laughs) No, no, I don't think so. I think maybe some of that was excitement, too. Yeah. It was was half excitement, half anxiety. And once you get into that spot, it's just. (laughs) It's hard to. Yeah. It's hard to get out of it. For sure. Yeah. And I did want to share with everybody that we froze our corn on the cob whole on the cob. Like we didn't cut it off it. And I got that suggestion from Karen over at Just Grow Something podcast. And it was amazing. So we're going to do most of our corn that way next year. It takes up more space, but there is no treat better than pulling out your own sweet corn in January, frozen on the cob and eating it like I only have one package left and I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did some of that too. I don't think I've tried any of that yet because we tend to just eat like the loose corn or I'll throw yeah. in like a brick of loose corn mm-hmm. into the crock pot with chicken or whatever else too. 
But yeah, I've I've brought some up from the basement, so it's staring at me. So maybe next time we have burgers or something, we'll do that because it yeah. does look really good. <laughs> it's a little softer. It's a different texture, but once you okay. get over that, like it tastes just as good. It's not quite as satisfying because it doesn't have the crunch, but right. you know, that's it's winter, so you just gotta set your expectations right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. Yeah. That's it. And we hope that you learned something or got some fun ideas, but also go to our Facebook group and join that. If you haven't already, it's we drink and we farm things and maybe we'll start a thread or someone else can start a thread. If, if you want on lessons learned from your garden or even what you were most proud of, because I think it's important to kind of brag a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> about what went well and not just dwell on what didn't go so well. Yeah. I think it's a good mood boost that we all need before we go yeah. into this year's garden season because it is coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> it feels weird thinking that way because it's January, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it'll be here before we know it. Yep, it will be. First Saturday Lime is our go-to natural organic pest control tool. It helps keep the bugs away and helps soak up ammonia and the stink in your coops and barns. You can use First Saturday Lime to create a barrier around your home, your boots, and your firewood to keep away unwanted bugs. It can also be used as a whitewash, and it helps balance out the pH and water to prevent algae growth. With so many uses, you really can't go wrong using this safe organic lime. So try a bag today by going to firstsaturdaylime.com, and when you use code DRINKANDFARM at checkout, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. All right, so make sure you leave us a review if you haven't already. You have two different options for how you can do this. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can call in and leave us a voicemail. Don't worry, we don't pick up the phone. Never. (laughs) But you can leave us a voicemail about uh, what you like about the podcast. I guess you can leave a a negative review on either either, but you know... If you can't say nothing nice, don't say anything at all. Nah, we can take your feedback. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you want to do this because um, we're starting this back up again where we review. We read a review every single week. And then we take the reviews that we read for that month and then draw a name out of a hat. And that person will win an exclusive coffee mug that is not and never will be in the shop. And Bev and I finally have it. Did you get one? I got one. Oh, I did not. I didn't order one. <laughs> oh, I have it now. So I didn't drink out of it today, but it is in my cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> and it is beautiful. It is. It's a really cool mug. I need to add that to my list. I can only get three things a month, so I ordered <laughs> lots of notebooks. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> All right. So, Bev, do you want to read this week's review? Sure. This week's review is from Lindsay Carter, and it's titled My Happy Podcast. She says, love, love, love your podcast, ladies. I truly feel like I'm hanging out and having drinks with some cool friends of mine. I'm sorry, good friends of mine. I made us cool. She said good. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. (laughs) I don't have a farm yet, but stumbled across y'all's podcast because once my husband and I buy a house, I'll be starting my little farm with chickens. Just trying to soak up all the knowledge I can and have learned so much already from y'all. 
So happy I found you. I love it. I love it too. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay, for that review. So just a few quick items before we're done for the day. Send us your can't evens in our Facebook group or email them to us at Drink and Farm. We aren't doing our own can't evens each episode, but we do bring a couple to the mini-sodes and we bring yours too. Yep. And don't forget that we have a series over on our Patreon. It's called Straight No Chaser. It's available to our patrons at the $5 level and above. You can go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm to sign up. And if you have not signed up and you aren't listening to those yet, you want to this month because we are talking all about seed starting and we really get into the nitty gritty of some of the things that can help you be successful with that endeavor. And make sure if you're listening or watching us on YouTube that you hit the subscribe button or whatever button to make sure you're getting every single episode. It's a bell. Wait, I have the wrong side. I don't know where it's at on the screen. <laughs> Just going to disco dance. You guys are smart enough to figure it out. I believe in you. And if you're listening via podcast, if you can download the episode when you listen, this actually helps more people like you find our podcast. Yeah, it does. And fun fact, we have not celebrated this yet, but I just pulled our stats yesterday. We've had almost 210,000 downloads since the beginning. Um, So we're getting really close to like a quarter of a million downloads, which just feels kind of incredible considering like how niche and specific our podcast is and like who it's for. So yeah, that's something really cool. And we're going to have to do something to celebrate when we get to a quarter of a million because that's that's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. So help us get there faster by clicking the download button. Yep. If you've listened to the episode and you haven't downloaded it yet, do it. (laughs) Please and thank you. And be sure and share this episode over on Instagram, in your stories. If you tag us at Drink and Farm, we'll send you a promo code just for that episode that'll give you a percentage off in our merch shop. You want it because you want this yes. shirt, fluent and foul language. We are modeling it today over on the YouTube. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. It also comes in a long sleeve and a coffee mug mm-hmm. for the month of January. So like Bev said, you're going to want it. Go buy yeah. it. Might as well get a discount on it. Heck yeah. <laughs> Make sure you take a look at the show notes for today. We will link to a survey where you can tell us how we're doing anonymously as well as links to our social media and our merch shop. Yep. And any of the cool stuff that we described while we were talking in this episode. All right. So until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye for now. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm.